Welcome to Estradiah Illusions. We are doing an episode that uh, the the genesis of the genesis planet, if you would, um, that I, I thought of uh, way back in I want to say uh, May of 2019. And it was one of those topics that I was always kind of in the back of my mind, and it stalled for a while because I really didn't have any idea of how I could uh, really pursue the idea, given the sort of niche nature of it, and. Uh, we're we're gonna talk about uh, the the Star Trek phenomenon known as the Ponfar, and specifically whether a transgender uh, person, transgender man, could undergo the Ponfar. And for for months and months, I, I talk about sometimes about how we we get uh, I get a lot of emails from a lot of weird emails, a lot of weird pitches. I'm on a lot of I if I could go and track down all the press lists that people have put me on and say why am I on this, but I would get all these like weird fertility emails. I guess kind of pitch to people beginning transition, and I always respond to them saying. Well, you can't come on unless you want to talk about uh, transgender Pomfar, and most of these people weren't Star Trek fans, so that didn't really work out. But um, a couple months ago, I saw that uh, a friend of the show who appeared on our uh, one of our Game of Thrones recaps, uh, Johnny Kolosinski, had started a podcast called Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. And knowing that Johnny is such a big Trek fan, I reached out to him and said. You know, hey, this is an idea that I've been wanting to do. Do you know anything about it? And thankfully, Johnny not only knew uh, a few, uh, one doctor, he knew three doctors. We have a huge, uh, we've got a great away team uh, here to discuss all of the intricacies of one of really the great mysteries of Star Trek, and one that they, honestly they haven't really covered all that much, despite how well known it is. So, without further ado, I want to introduce our guests. Um, Johnny, do we want to start with you? Yeah, so uh, I'm Johnny Kolosinski. I was on the show discussing Game of Thrones stuff a couple of years ago. Um, I'm former co-host of Got Thrones, a Game of Thrones podcast, uh, co-host of Disco Trek, which is a Star Trek podcast This is that's kind of in hiatus, and uh, recently with the folks that you're going to about to hear, uh, started Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast where doctors talk about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine no. and how the body works. We uh, will introduce our doctors. Uh, whoever wants to go first. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Jackson Dane. I'm one of the. I'm the pretty regular participant in the podcast. I'm. A, let's say co-creator. Sure. Let's go with that. Uh, I'm the co-creator of Hi Everybody. I'm a pediatric ER doctor uh, currently practicing here in San Diego. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm Greg Winter. I am a hospice doctor in San Diego. Um, I'm the guy that derails all the Hi Everybody podcasts. Hi, everybody. I'm Courtney. I am a neonatologist here in San Diego as well. My brother likes to call me a baby mechanic, and I am an occasional visitor on the Hi Everybody podcast. Also, Courtney's wearing a red shirt. Yeah. She, she may not oh, make it to the <laughs> end of the episode. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't bode well. Tribute. <laughs> um. Before we get into Trek, a uh, quick plug, because I know we have a lot of TV fans who come to this show, and uh, Hi Everybody is is a really fun show that covers, like, a, a lot. It, you can tell that it's really done by uh, fans of fans of the medium. It's a lot of different shows, from Seinfeld, Scrubs, even, uh, I mean, should I should I mention, it, it, Human Centipede is another one that is a, yeah. a, a particular fascination. <laughs> a lot of fun stuff. Definitely, definitely check that out. I was talking that about that particular episode today at brunch. We were talking about the pointy I flaps. No pointy flaps. Yeah, pointy flaps are bad. Uh, if you want to know more about pointy flaps, <laughs> listen to our episode <laughs> about the hot, the human centipede. 
I, I mean, these are the questions that keep a lot of people up at night. It's true. I mean, very <laughs> much so. <laughs> Today we talk about it's, pointy ears. It's uh, yeah, and um, I mean, the 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 reason that I thought of this, um, you know, over the past couple of years since I started HRT, like four years ago, I've gone through all these emotional changes and stuff. But people are always really surprised when I like, point out that really the the transition is is not really that complicated. It's Really, a matter of uh, I take a couple blue pills a day, and uh, for a third of the uh, month, I take a, a round orange pill, and that, like that's about it. And people are surprised; they think like it's a bionic man, like we can rebuild it, like cyborg kind of stuff, and uh, it's not. And when it comes to something like the Pond Far, which is which is just well, I mean, for those of you that don't know what the Pond Far is, it's a kind of it's a Vulcan mating ritual slash also kind of like neurochemical imbalance in Vulcans that causes every seven years they have the strong desire to return home. And I don't really know how that works in the Abrams universe where there is no Vulcan, uh, where they have to go home and uh, either have either mate or fight to the death or they can practice some yoga and that'll cure the Ponfar. It's really one of those things that, that does not make a lot of sense. No, um, I don't think. It's kind of like talking about puberty. You can't really meditate puberty away. It's it's one of the things that kind of hardwired into you, and it's going to happen. Can you pray it away? <sighs> you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. Is it too early? <laughs> it might be too early in the discussion for that part. Um, but it's definitely one of those. It's a. It's um. It's hard to say. There there were things about what triggers it too, like puberty. I was kind of looking up stuff about this. Um, there's there's socioeconomic factors that can actually trigger you to have puberty early, but a lot of it is just kind of hardwired into your brain too. So um, I don't think meditation or praying away can stop an inevitable thing but that's hardwired I, into you. It's also a thing that that's how people deal with it when they are struggling with emotions they don't understand. It's like, well, if I just if I just try hard enough, I can deny this or I could ignore it. And uh, I, d I mean, I don't particularly feel that that's an appropriate way to do things but it, it, it is how we especially in america often look at mental health things is just if i try hard enough then it'll be fine and i don't have to worry about actually addressing it because that's that's the theme throughout all of it is i'm not even going to talk about this i can't even tell you my my physician what's going on i'm just going to ignore it yeah and was mentioned a lot like a lot of them were like i don't want to talk I'm just going to go sit in the corner and try to suppress all of this and try to deny what is going on. And yeah. that's a rough thing. That's what was socially acceptable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's something that's so interesting to me is that you've got Vulcans are supposedly driven entirely by logic and uh, they're going to suppress all emotions or override all emotions in order to do what's logically the most beneficial and in actuality in not talking about the pond far and having it be something that they don't like no one in starfleet had any idea about whether it's in kirk's era or in enterprise or in voyager it was all so hushed under the rug when in actuality it's come up in three of the five series that we've seen and so obviously it's an issue, and the fact that they're not talking about it is really detrimental and illogical. Not talking about it equals abstinence education. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't 
Is it still too early? <laughs> it, it's kind of. I mean, this is obviously like a product of its of its time in terms of uh, of the writing, and there wasn't really, you know, the '60s. You could get in big trouble for putting too overly sexual stuff on uh, up on on TV, but it, it just like. When when you consider that Vulcans can mate without Punfar, they get married. They're like betrothed, and yet also this hormonal thing f- forces them to fight on. A, I mean, the 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 original series episode of Muck Time, which covers the Punfar, they're they're fighting over a woman that that Spock's already married to. So I mean, that's not really like a you know the mating ritual of somebody who's already married doesn't really make a lot of sense and. <laughs> I mean, none of it. None of it makes sense. And and you also learn in the um, in in Voyager that that you know the the Ponfar that it grows more intense over time. So we're supposed to believe Vulcans can live hundreds of years, and we're supposed to believe that you know Sarek in his two two you know two hundred years old is just filled with the urge. I mean, I just hold on. If you're looking like it's really gross to think about like an comparison like an 80 year old man just like screaming about sexual stuff. I mean, it, I don't know. So it's, it's a reverse it's sexual battery, is what you're telling me, where they fill up with more sexual urges as they get older. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. We talk about the Vulcans, you know, spend their whole life suppressing their emotions. Is Ponfar just something where those emotions uh, get to a point that they burst out and you can't suppress them? Maybe it's evolutionary that they suppressed them so far that you know this is the way that they could continue on i, I no that's not evo- uh, evolutionary that's human nature like exactly. you suppress stuff enough it ex- it explodes it bursts out it explodes and if i, I can mean, use a simpsons rep- reference it's like hurricane netty <laughs> exactly. it's when ned was like suppressed down for so long to be good and then when now i'm prune face yeah and then they fixed his face <laughs> oh no now i'm prune tracy take yeah. that yeah and then he just explodes with rage and i think that probably is the same thing i'm guessing here is the vulcans have been trained to think logically so often that they're not allowed to use their limbic system which was mentioned in one of the episodes i think that greg and i watched here um where their limbic system would get overloaded, and the limbic system is what controls your emotion in humans, um, and it probably just erupted at that point. And I think Ponfar is probably that pressure gauge or the pressure valve that finally released. I mean, that makes sense, somewhat. Vulcans are messed up, man. (laughs) (laughs) They make it clear in the original series that, like, uh, when, when Spock gets injured, Vulcans have, like, Vulcans can control their um internal organs like if they need their liver to function at a greater rate they can enhance their liver which i I mean poses a lot of uh questions in terms of like what what if humans could do that but uh it it makes me wonder that yeah i mean you If you were ever in one of those like contests where you gotta like drink 20 shots that they show on a lot of tv yeah you could just enhance and I mean, like that—that kind of makes you wonder. Like, if that's the case, then you know, every seven years when this crazy thing's coming on, why can't they like tamper down their own hormones? And mm-hmm. and they make they make clear that no, like no natural medicine. They they don't have any medical way to suppress this. And yet at the same time, that that whole that whole strand has to kind of run concurrently with the idea that they don't talk about this so much. So like. Yeah, you have to take their their efforts to suppress this thing with with an intense grain of salt. Exactly. We know Can they have no medicine, but have they tried? Also, how do they know if there's a medicine if they don't talk about it? 
How the did first, they create the that first medicine? rule of Pond Fire? Is you, you don't, don't talk about Pond Fire. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that is my valid question, though. If they made medications to stop these feelings of Pond Fire, how did they create it or know what to use? If I, never I think one of the things that, I mean, they that's the acknowledge the the logical acknowledgement of emotions is we don't understand this. It isn't logical. So the logical things we do to address it don't matter. Like we're, we're not actually getting at the root of the issue. The, the root of the issue is the emotional stuff that we are not addressing in our day-to-day life. And that, I mean, look, I, I bet if any listener looks around at their friends and thinks about it, there are those people that do the same thing. I do that same thing in my life. So it's, it's, if you ignore that's who I was looking at. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you if you have things in your life that you're not addressing, they blow up. They blow up in your face. You have to you have to get at them. And so this is a, a culture that's based around ignoring emotions. And so in a very cyc- cyclical fashion, they blow up in their face. They're denying who they are, basically. Right. Yeah. I think the doctor in the Voyager episode started to address that. Like using your Using your mind to get around, you know, using the holodeck and trying oh to. Oh yeah, he did. S- he did try to address that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for holodecks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, and he actually did do it successfully in a later episode when Tuvok was going through Ponfar. He actually did a holodeck simulation of his wife that. Um, led him through it in a non-destructive way spoiler alert yeah yeah that would be the blood and <laughs> blood and souls season seven i want to say episode seven it's the one after the bark one of uh barclay's season seven appearances so I, was that he, did he accept that treatment or was that more like was he still he, as resistant he was he was resistant i mean the funny thing is you know we have like i also and and johnny and i talked about this uh i, I think last week the kind of uh the, the intense kind of Me Too situations that are uh, centered in, uh, I guess, really the, the Voyager Blood Fever episode, but also in Amok Time and in Blood and Soul, you have the captains of the ship are, are kind of like appearing like uh, in the room, you know, anyway, how is your sex life? Like stuff like <laughs> that. <laughs> I understand that reference. <laughs> like, uh, and, and you have your captain kind of involved. I mean, how if you're going through like some intense puberty, do you want your boss like coming to your home world to watch your mating? Actually, and then get kind of drafted into your participating in your mating ritual. I'd be more upset that a boss would hire a child that's going through excessive <laughs> puberty. Zing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah. Uh, no, that's. I mean, that's a really good point. It's. It's also like. If you came to your doctor with this, the last thing that you would want is the involvement of everyone else that you work with. Like, hey, let's let's try to calm things down so this person can get through their sexual crisis. Like, it would be real, real awkward. And I will add to that as a like pediatric doctor. I've had, <laughs> oh, I've had to talk. To this is going to get real awkward. I had families <laughs> ask me to talk to their like sons and daughters about puberty. And like have the sex talk with them because they felt too awkward to talk about it. Because again, as a society, we're really repressed and we don't want to talk about these things. And my usual go-to term is, um, I'm gonna say stuff that might not coincide with your belief system. What does coincide mean? 
goat. goat. <laughs> they might not fit with your belief systems. So you might want to have that talk yourself because that might be a better thing to discuss than having some random stranger talk to so-and-so about their period for the first time. And that hap- that those are actual ER visits. You know, that I my deal new with. nightmare is now Jackson discussing my first period <laughs> to me for my first time. <laughs> I, that's my nightmare, too. I will walk out of the room in a cold sweat if I have to do that kind of discussion. But it, it's... I. So using that doctor analogy, I wouldn't want to be the guy talking about it. It's yeah. real. It's real weird. I I remember my parents talking to me about such subjects and feeling their awkwardness. So to be an adult that has like you have no background, you have no connection, you have nothing to draw upon. It's just like, well, I'm asked to do an educational piece, and sort of part of your job is to do that, but at the same time. That's not a that's not a place for for you to interject. Like that is the job of your your family and other outside cultural influences to help with, and maybe using your doctor as as part of it, but not to just be like, hey, this is you do this for me, and that that will solve my kids' questions. And honestly, the amount of times now that we're discussing it that Star Trek has involved the entire ship in. Uh, somebody's it takes essentially village. puberty. Um, it, yeah, it, it, it takes a starship <laughs> uh, to raise a child. Oh, I can't wait to say that. I can't wait to say that. Oh. That one's sticking. But, but like literally every, ep- every scene that we saw discussed Pon Far, it became everyone's business. It's also interesting. Which is exactly what they didn't want. In general. Right. In general, like sexuality is one of those things where we are – we are inherently curious. Like as much as we will make fun of people and judge people, we always want to know the details of it. So it totally makes it like, hey, this whole race won't say anything about what happens when they want a bone. Yeah. We got. So know. what happens? We got. So what know. happens? I'm so glad you continued after the word "this whole," and then you just kept talking. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> um, but like, so like every every episode we had the entire ship talking about it and then also like Kess on voyager people were very 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 informed about you know how she was developing and when um troy was pregnant with like a baby ship sort of thing also very aware starfleet's weird guys I mean, there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of anomalies out there in space. You got to be willing to address things that uh, aren't necessarily in your traditional teachings. I think Starfleet is trained to be open about those things, but it's I mean, sexuality is just a weird thing for humans, and that's where the show is. The show is directed at humans, right? No matter what else is going on, so the show is also poking at the stuff that we find uncomfortable. And I think that that's why you see this theme put through multiple iterations of various starships. Also, there's only so many things you can write about. Yeah. The, I mean, uh, as, as Johnny said earlier, the, the three, the three of the, we, we haven't seen any Ponfar on, on Discovery or, or Picard, yes, but we yes, did on the yeah. original series. We saw it on Voyager, and we saw it on Enterprise. 
the three Wait, uh, I series. I noticed it was not on Tunga, and that's the only Star Trek that I rec- recognize. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's. <laughs> Picard it's, just didn't allow Vulcans on it, on his ship. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, well, I, I, it does kind of the go the the just the irresponsibility of uh, them just not saying anything. You're on a lot of these uh, a, a lot of these mission. The original series mission five years supposed to be in deep space. I mean, you're not supposed to be able to just you know hopscotch back to Vulcan immediately. And as I said in the intro, we've got a situation in the the J.J. Abrams. Star Treks where there is no Vulcan and they, they reference the salmon in a mock time, which uh, made me think constantly of Jordan Peterson and all his lo- lobsters. Um, <laughs> the, the species comparing themselves, they say the salmon have to return to their place of birth to mate. I mean, that's, it, it seems very odd that a logical species such as the Vulcan are right. reducing themselves to such just primitive. It's, it's, it's weird. That's, a, that's actually really interesting because if they, if they mentioned, like, if Spock knows that he's going to be gone for five years, either he's going to fall within or out of that time for for this. So, you, I mean, that's a logical calculation you could make. Why put yourself in that position? That decision seems illogical. Yeah. That's <laughs> highly illogical. Like, uh, either he could schedule break right. or he can't. Like, and if he can't, then he should have hopped on another ship. Right. I can I can go on the ship that's leaving in a year and a half. I'll figure it out. Is there any is there any medical um instance where it was beneficial to have to fight somebody to the death? <laughs> <laughs> I can think of three. Oh, Off the top of my head, I can think of three. <laughs> <laughs> the the if he Well, but there are the endorphins that come with Fighting. No, it's never beneficial to fight. I mean, unless no. someone's going to kill you. I would it's say, not but it's not also not always to the death too. No, there is a beneficial situation. It's when your heart gets the Singapore sling and you need endorphins to drive <laughs> it, oh so it keeps beating, <laughs> so you stay alive to live no, another day. No more crank two references. <laughs> that was crank one. No more crank one references. There you go. Uh, no, the, I. I don't know. Someone I talked mean, bad I about mean, your mama. I don't know. No, I've, part of medicine, we, we talked about this, I think, the last episode I did where we talked about our, our oath, which is first do no harm, right? The hippopotamus, number, oath. the hippopotamus oath is to first <laughs> do no harm. So there's never, I mean, it, it's the robot rules, which unless it's going to harm me, I'm not going to harm anybody else. I think he's referring to the patient, though. So, I mean, I'm not harming them when they get into a fight with somebody. <laughs> No, there's never a reason. To, no, you never fight someone to the death. I'm gonna, you know what? I never give medical advice on the show. I'm going to give some medical advice. You never fight someone to the death. It all goes back to animalistic instinct. Like a higher level race, we don't need to fight to the death. That's very And the Vulcan, Well, the Vulcans pride themselves on, you know, they kind of look down on humans, and every seven years they have to deal with this yeah, crap. But and they, they lived a lot longer. They control their sexual urges. So <laughs> who's on top? <laughs> Well, well, it depends. Usually the Vulcans. <laughs> <laughs> what time in Ponfar are we dealing with here? <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, 
Well, I, one kind of question that I was thinking about uh, in in watching all—I mean, I know doctors like always say the the you know the power of positive thinking. You want to deal with a patient who wants to get better versus a patient that that doesn't. And I I, I guess like in, in Vorek's case, when he's trying to meditate the pond far away, like the 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 variable of of wanting to to not undergo the pond far. We talked about how puberty—you really can't wish puberty away, but. I'm I'm just kind of thinking about like the logistics of 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 how how powerful can a patient's like just positive thinking really be? I will say this since we're not on camera that the minute you said about positive thinking, all three of us started shaking our heads. <laughs> <laughs> it is important. It is important, it is. but will it change your cancer diagnosis to not having cancer anymore? No. But I think it changes the quality of the life that you have Correct. if you have a positive outlook on things. Yes. And I th I think it can change your outcomes. I mean, I hate that I'm saying that as a hospice doctor, but I think people that people that generally are more accepting of what's going on and more um, sort of more willing to look on the brighter side of things have a tendency to do better. But by saying do better, I that's a harder thing to define. And maybe I'm talking about quality of life, which is a very, I mean, maybe they're just happier people while they're going through their last days of life. And so that's a really, that's a really hard thing to, to put a meaningful scientific answer around. It's very subjective. Yes. Right. Um, I'll also say that in my opinion, Vorek didn't have a positive outlook. He had an incel outlook. He was very, yes. very red pilled. You and I talked about this on Twitter, um, that he's he was trying to be the ideal Vulcan, but at the same time, he I feel like he had his plot line planned out from the beginning, and he was um, right. You're going. You're going. Red pill. You're, you've already decided what the outcome's going to be, so now you are making the decisions that show you that you like. Hey, this is what was going to happen. Exactly. And trying to meditate it away was not his first choice. I feel like that was, at I the end, his only choice. I feel like there's camps about that. Meditate away. I don't It's close. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. Well, the, the doctor and Tuvok, I think, have a great conversation. And he said, Tuvok says, there's only three ways to get rid of this. Mate and marry, fight to the death, or meditate it away. I didn't yeah. know we were dealing he, with evangelical Vulcans here. Well, like, does does Tuvok recognize that Vorik is an insult and doesn't really just really just kind of doesn't want to spend any time with him? <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk. I, I mean, they're they're not they're not close. He turns away multiple times during the conversation. There, there's a few ways to end a conversation, and one of them is to stand up and turn around, and that happens, I think, twice. So, <laughs> I think I think that should have been a signal. Yeah, Tuvok. I mean, I don't. I don't blame Vorik. I mean, one of my like chief complaints about Voyager just as a series is is it, this is a ship where where the same people are presumably supposed to be stuck on this ship for the whole seven years, and yet we see like less than ten of them really in more than one episode. So I mean, that's really. I, and, and, can I just add? Oh, um, Voyager is with Janeway. Yes. Okay, sorry, I said Tonga well, is my like, only Star Trek. I'm I'm just learning. And Vorik. Um, 
Vorek also, the, the actor Alexander Enberg, it's a little product of nepotism. He is the son of Jerry Taylor, who is one of the showrunners, okay. executive producers on the series. And he makes a handful of appearances, but this is really his, 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 I think it's really his only episode where he's a major character and not like somebody in engineering who's talked to. And then there's another time where he and Tuvok have to be put in like a, a transporter stasis along with some other species to hide from somebody else. But he, he doesn't make a ton of appearances and, Johnny had brought up the, this point on Twitter that I, I think if, if the show is being made now, uh, I don't really think Vorek could have really been welcomed back on the show after his behavior. Going up to your boss saying, I think we should make. Oh, yeah, and then, and then oh. physically assaulting her. Like, that. he went for the neck. Twice. Yeah. That's a no-go. That's a no-go these days. Yeah. He, he will be shut down and canceled. He went quick. for the neck, and then, he, like, then he tried again. For the neck? Well, he went for the neck in the in the in the first scene, right? Yeah, that that was the the stinger was the neck. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's unfortunate. Mm. And then he went for the disable communications to everyone else. Yeah, and then um, some of some of Balana's sort of Klingon uh, uh, challenges down on the the planet. They're fighting, and Tuvok also makes the the interesting call of suggesting that they just let him duke it out. And I, I think maybe he, <laughs> That's true. I think I, I think maybe he knew that Balana would probably win in the fight, and that he would be rid of Vorik. Yeah. Well, that I was another know. question that came up too, because they didn't fight to the death. At the end, he says, "Oh, they're both going to be fine now." Like it was the medicine that they both needed to get out of it, which is a little inconsistent. Yeah, and that's a stark contrast from the the end of Amok Time, where the the I mean the the miraculous thing about the pond far is you know you you kill somebody and it just goes away. You're all better. Um, I, that could be a really good legal defense. This is a meta, met, more medical podcast, but we could we could we call that fucking at, versus uh, fighting. <laughs> yeah, in this case, both works. Yeah. <clears throat> But I, I guess I guess to throw another tough sort of philosophical medical question, the 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 ability to trick the pond far is something that fascinates me because like it, it between that and then also giving uh, Tuvok his hologram sex toy to sort of you know don't hate do whatever don't he hate. had to do to get pond far away. There there are ways to to get rid of this thing that don't necessarily involve following the three suggested conclusions. I mean, if the end result is emotional release, you got to do the thing that brings you emotional release. People trick themselves that way all the time, all the time. So why why would the future be any different? That's a good point. So is there really a physiological aspect to the pond far, or is it entirely psychological? Yes, both. <laughs> I think I gave you the medical term, FVF. <laughs> I mean, I, fucking versus fighting. Courtney <laughs> shaking her I'm head. Like, she I forgot. Don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got it, but but that's good. <laughs> we talked about the Ponfar being puberty, but it almost had like a heat aspect to it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like going into heat. The oh, that's oh, <laughs> Jackson, Jackson gave me a look. <laughs> oh, I didn't get it until Greg added the into it to really understand the heat part. Um, okay, so I mean. So that could be. I'm the, sorry. So that could be the the medical physiological part of it, right? Like, yeah, anim- animals go into parts where they are like they are going to reproduce unless there is a physical force that stops them from doing it. 
Like they are se- they are sending all the signals to any prospective mate, and unless something unless they are stuck in a bear trap, they are they're gonna get it. And maybe in terms of the timing, is this a seven year like cycle? It's usually like three times a year. That's how animals do it. Now I'm talking about like Vulcans. Vulcans are animals. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't consider Vulcans animals. <laughs> so I would say there's a physiological part of it. Um, psychological, I mean. It's both. I mean, it has both. to be both. It has you to be both. Nature and higher, nature. Yeah, you have higher level functioning. They, it's, it's somebody that can analyze what they're doing and what their emotions are. But also people have physiologic needs and they're like – you can trick those needs. You can satisfy those needs in a way that doesn't that doesn't complete the biologic function, but y- you you have satisfied that craving. But you have, I mean, you didn't do the thing that you were supposed to do. It's you didn't have a, a litter of puppies, which is what Vulcans call their babies. That's canon. It's the Nicorette. <laughs> it's the Nicorette of Ponfar, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Spock did that in the. The original series, too, where he thought that he killed Kirk and that snapped him out of it. Wait, is that the... Yeah. Episode? That is oh that, yeah. I didn't... That's the yeah. only part of it I didn't watch. And I... I oh, oh, now I'm, I'm sorry. Sad. Spoiler alert. No, it's not... A, I mean, I know it. I've seen it. I just didn't know that's oh, what it was. most important. When I watched it as a younger person, that part didn't matter. I was just like, they're going to kill each other. <laughs> well, like, in terms of the mental aspect, so, so Vorik, when he... Um, commits the workplace sexual assault on Bolana. he grabs her and there's like a he 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 he, he transports wait what's the wordplay workplace. workplace oh workplace i'm sorry i miss uh, sorry yeah go ahead i i will derail you no matter what you say so keep push through well they they um he 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 does like kind of like a half mind meld and then she has um she has ponfar which is also similar to the enterprise episode uh Ponfar, um, to Paul gets some sort of uh, bacterial infection, and and that triggers the the Ponfar and and her. I mean that 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 wouldn't be a mental aspect, but but there is a you know I, I mean it, 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 uh, somebody being in heat is not presumably contagious. No, but the but someone being in heat does signal the other animals. I'm sorry, animals being in heat, not somebody. Other <laughs> organisms does signal the other animals around you that you're in heat. So there's pheromones, pheromones. and other scents and other, you know, like the the cat calls you hear in your alley. Like that sh- is so. I'm curbing my swearing, but that signals other animals that like, hey, I'm receptible to to action. I'm DTF. I th- right. <laughs> <laughs> And so I think that that's part of what they're trying to show. I mean, but it also really undermines sort of this whole, I mean, maybe Vulcan was a really messed up place before they got logical, right? Like maybe they were just driven by pond fire stuff until somebody managed to break the cycle. Serac. Right. Um, That actually kind of leads into one of uh, I rewatched a mock time again right before we we uh, recorded this how do romulans deal with ponfar or do they this was something my wife brought up yeah i had thought about that too they embrace it yeah i'm i'm sorry that i'm not enough of a star trek fan to understand why this is important because i do love star Marilyn's trek like i really do are very closely associated okay. to vulcans but they embrace i know that they're not huge emotions. fans of each other yeah they embrace their emotions 
Romulans are uh, um, Romulans and Vulcans are the same species, but uh, the Vulcans separated uh, a few millennia before. It's like the opposite. um, Any Star Trek occurred. I feel like I just lost all my Star Trek street cred. Mm-hmm, you did. But it would bring a question. So if Romulans <laughs> don't go through Ponfar, then that kind of strengthens the hypothesis that this is something that kind of burst out of the Vulcan race when they tried to suppress their emotions. That is very, oh, that is very interesting. I hadn't th- my mind is blown right now. I had no idea they were the same. I had no <laughs> idea. We have no evidence across any of the shows of a, of a, of a Romulan undergoing Ponfar. Yeah, that's that's I, yeah, I, I, I think that's part of you know, when you when you can acknowledge something it no longer controls you and so Vulcans are stuck in this thing where the only thing that matters is logic and it that matters until suddenly we have to acknowledge our emotions, whereas the Romulans can get past it. Although also the Romulans are deceitful and gross, so <laughs> you know, there's there's pluses and minuses to both sides. <laughs> there's <laughs> are they though or do we just see them as deceitful and gross because we only see um either balance of terror or like big shoulder romulans uh in next, next, next generation. generation is my star trek and i don't like the romulans uh, i'm sorry <laughs> 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 i can't see them as normal yeah, I mean, I, I like them. I'm a, more of a Cardassian fan. I like their show on E. Kim Cardassian. <laughs> Chloe Cardassian. Keeping up with the Romulans? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying this is my opinion about a made-up show, well, which I'm fine with. <laughs> Wait, back up. Is there a Cardassian show that I haven't seen? No, I was making a Kardashian, Kardashian joke. Oh, Kurt, I gotcha. Okay, gotcha. I got, I got it. I'm, Even I got that. <laughs> there are a lot of Kardashians. Courtney, I, so. Courtney no, okay. just lost her I Kardashian did, I, card. I made, that's fine. But I was really excited. There was another Star Trek series that I hadn't seen yet. A Star Trek Kardashian series. I think, I think that has potential. Yeah, right? they have uh, for sure. I mean, that would be great. Yeah, Gull, Gull Kim and Gull Kanye. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm already DVRing it. <laughs> well, to, to, to pivot to the, the kind of the thesis that, that kind of triggered this whole um, episode, because I, I kept thinking these were the things that would keep me up at night. What would happen if a transgender Vulcan, we have no transgender Vulcan, we just recently got a transgender character in Star Trek, and they had to, they had to have the transgender character like 900 years in the future, however, in Discovery. Um, Discovery is very good. Everyone should watch it. I love yeah, it. Um, yeah. And Midsummer. It is. It is a. It is a good show. Um, but like it, it, it fascinated me because like when when I when I first started HRT when I first went to my doctor and there's like okay here's your here's your hormone prescription I got an injection uh, my first time around and I could in theory if I wanted to do that the injections are a little bit more uh, effective but. I was thinking about like the logistics of it because like it's it's supposed to be like this just intense thing that happens every 7 years and it it does we've we we have examples of it happening to women we have examples of it happening to men obviously and I'm like okay well if you have a if you have a Vulcan who's on HRT what's really stopping them and I think that these episodes give us kind of a a variety of ways that that it could be triggered whether it's telepathically like Vorik could 
could mm-hmm. turn his le- life around and become a great ally to the LGBTQ community by uh, initiating pond. I mean, if it's every seven years and there, there has to be kind of a cluster of Vulcans, we would assume that that kind of ha- had a pond far at the same time together. So, yeah, well, for, first thought is, are the only times they're fertile when they're go- undergoing f- pond far? I, I don't I think fertile's the wrong question. I think if the is the only time they express their sexuality during is during Ponfar, which seems to mainly be the yeah, case. No. And so if that's the case, then you're gonna see uh, that entire gamut of sexuality expressed during Ponfar. But they're a race that would only mate to procreate too. Wouldn't necessarily need to be emotional. Emotional or not, if you're expressing your sexuality, it's going to come out however you express it. I think what would be really interesting in this is if we could really see what happened if a, a Vulcan who lived on Vulcan was going through this. Because most of most of the, the Ponfar, or pretty much the, all of the Ponfars that we've seen, with the, the one exception of T'Pol's, um, there's a sense of like urgency centered around the fact that they either have to get back to Vulcan or they're on Vulcan. But like... Is is a is a Vulcan politician or a Vulcan school teacher just hiding in their room constantly when they're going through Ponfar? The fact that they're around their own people, that their Starfleet captain doesn't have to be involved in this, does that really change the game at all? I I think they talked about, or I think they touched on it at least in the uh, was it not Voyager? Is the Enterprise episode where that that's? Oh no no, it was it was the Voyager episode where that's what he's saying. He's he, the, the doctor is telling him, like, hey, you know, normally you are around your people who, who can support you, and in this case, you're not. So this is, this is what you got, and I can only provide you the support based on what you're telling me, and you're not telling me anything. And I think that's probably where the big difference – I mean, like, it's a, it seems like for them and their culture, Ponfire is a difficult time, but it's way more difficult if you're also separated from your culture because then you're, you have – you have none of that backup. You have none of that support. Can I ask a side question as someone who doesn't watch Star Trek as much? No side question. How no, dare you? Not from so do they who only don't watch Star Trek. How dare you? Um, do they mate only during Pond, like Ponfar, like reproduce? That's the whole question. We don't know. Because then, so does that mean everyone's like born seven years apart? Like everyone's like ages? Well, everyone would go through Ponfar at a different time, most likely. Have you seen the way Spock touches people's faces? He he fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they believe in they believe in arranged marriages. So, like the the idea of like you're obviously wanting to do an arranged marriage between houses that that want to have an arranged marriage between them, but like are these people like is 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 like pon is your pon far timer like they set your iPhone you have your pon far timer that be beeps every seven years like is that taken into consideration when you're making when you're trying to arrange a marriage? I mean, these are things that we we don't really you would hope so. You would hope that people are ponfaring together. Yeah, and I, well, I, I mean, and then we see in a muck time. I mean, we, yeah, they do activate. I'm sorry, <laughs> I stopped interrupting you. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, we learned that Spock's uh, Spock's married. A fact that he had, you know, seemingly kept from uh, Kirk and Bones, but um, he he's he's not a very good he's not a very good husband. His his. <laughs> wife really want, wants other people to fight to the death over him, uh, over her. Now, was he married or was he betrothed? He said wife. Yeah, he did say wife. He did call. Greg's raising his hand. I, 
Is there a difference between the two? Well, like, and then they go through in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock on the Genesis planet, which I think probably would be a great place to go and transition, because um, you could do it in about five seconds. Um, <laughs> 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 what, well, like? He he's lucky that he has uh, Savik uh, Kirstie Alley there to um, help him get through the Ponfar in like two seconds, and it, it, so, so so much of so much of what we know about Ponfar is it, it, the the he needs like he he he, he could have died conceivably if he hadn't had a Vulcan there. I I have this feeling that in because Vulcans have. They're so unwilling to acknowledge emotions that it seems so foreign to them that it seems like a thing that's going to kill them. And I don't think it will. I think it, they just have to, like, they have to go through it. It's a, it's a challenge that they face, and they have to go through it. And the people that are willing to support them say, these are the ways to go through it. But also, like, it's just your body's hormones. Body's hormones don't kill people. It's just they, they can't face it in that way. So they... They have to face it with these very logical trials and you do it this way or this way or this way. But in truth, he would have, you know, it would have just passed. That seven-year period of his fertility and anxious uh, sexual aggression would have gone away after about a month. Canon. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, well, um, you're the the one who brought up that uh, the comparison to absence only education and I feel like logic is their religion and it's not a biological constant for them um, and you're absolutely right that we've never seen a Vulcan that went through Ponfar and didn't deal with it so yep. maybe so they'd right. be just fine and they just would have had it you know in the equivalent of an uncomfortable afternoon in algebra class <laughs> don't, don't walk to the board don't walk to the board is it is it possible that that meditation is really just code for something that kind of sounds similar when you those are the jokes that i made the entire time yeah. i it was an it was awkward watching this with me i was making a lot of jokes um, <laughs> it was a lot of jokes. <laughs> Well, they're, a lot of hand motions. They're they're just so secretive that I mean maybe 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 that is code. Would you, would you get out of here, doctor? I just need to meditate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Leave some of that antibiotic cream. <laughs> uh, no, the antibiotic lotion, please. The lotion. Now I want to see a Vulcan production of Greece. <laughs> Uh, the grease will be fine. <laughs> well, I mean, like, 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 uh, Tuvok really did kind of go and do that. He got his holodeck, and he, you know, he he yeah. went to meditate on that uh, that great Voyager beach set that they constantly <laughs> use. And and also, I think it's addressed very. Um, I, the the doctor really addresses it. He's like, you have to trick your mind, right? Like you're saying that this is a mental exercise, like. Here you go. Here's an exercise for your body and your mind. You have to also trick your mind. It's like, just, yeah, get it out. Now you're done. Go back to work. Clean up after yourself. Eh, it's the holodeck. They got it. <laughs> Badgy. Badgy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what sets Badgy over the edge. <laughs> 
when I um when I started progesterone, I had been on estrogen for like two or three months, and uh, within the medical community, progesterone. I mean, there there's a consensus that it's beneficial to to trans women. The the kind of the the logic behind it would be that you're you're simu- simulating a lot of the uh, su- supplementary effects of uh, menstrual menstrual cycle, and but one of the side effects is like you, you can get really really irritable and like sort of the first year of my transition i i w- would it uh, during progesterone i would often get very irritable and I, I, it's weird when you when you go through a second puberty and you know like, you know i was in my well i still am in my 20s uh for another couple months but uh like it, it, it's bizarre to like feel the urge of like you really want to just like scream and scream and, and then to be able to like tell yourself no i mean there's nothing to scream about you're fine like don't but, but you you have the big urge to want to do that and when I would talk to people, it, it, oftentimes, like I've found that, um, and, and I'm sure trans people listening can relate. Like when, when you when you bitch and moan about uh, the side effects of HRT, a lot of people are like, "Well, isn't that what you signed up for?" And I have to like point out, "Well, yeah, I, I'm on progesterone, not not because I'm preparing for birth, but uh, it makes my boobs bigger." I mean, that's really what it boils down to. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you know what. I can't wait to meet you in person because I'm making a lot of jokes that would be funny in person but are not funny over the mic. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, yeah, that's a, it's a struggle. And anytime somebody is going through a medical thing, there are effects and there are unwanted effects. And off we, I mean, we call things side effects, but it, that's not really what it is. Um, side effects are just the things that medication does that we don't want. And... Y- I mean, in one way, yeah, you signed up for it, but still, that's not, you know, you, you hope that you don't have to struggle with those things. So it, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly what you're going through. I just, I, I do know what it is like to go through medical things and have unwanted effects from them. And that, that sounds tough. And I think that's a better way to describe the, the effects. It's not a side effect. Right. It's something that you don't want to happen. Yeah. It may happen but you don't want it to happen. And I think that's a better way to describe it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like, I guess I've been on, well, when I was, um, when I, you have to, for insurance, you have to like get a letters of when I had bottom surgery a year ago. And one, one of the, the psychiatrists was like, you know, you're, I see you're on progesterone. Like what? She was railing against it. And she's like, this thing is just horrible. And yet at the same, like people will talk, you know, do you need it? Do you not need it? I want to say to them, like, look. At the end of the day, I have a very uh, having been on having been on this for uh, a few years now. I I have a very female looking body. Like, there, I don't really get misgendered. I, I go around. My name's Ian Thomas Malone. Uh, it, it makes people kind of have whiplash. Uh, and uh, I mean, it, it's kind of worth it in that regard. And then to kind of bring it back to the pond far, I think about like if <laughs> if somebody could. Uh, not have the pun far. Would they want to do that, or would they? Is this is this part of the Vulcan experience, or is this something that they're just like very horrible and don't want to go through? Can't it be both? I don't think anyone loves going through puberty, yeah. but it's part of our experience. That's a good point. Yeah, and it's. I mean, that's. I think it's very dismissive to be like, oh, it's Vulcan puberty, but I mean, whatever. Trying to make it more human. Um, it's. There's a lot of stuff that we have to go through that maybe we would rather not go through, but it's it's part of growing up. That's and you got to do it. Like number one, I like that 
Greg was very concerned about being dismissive of the Vulcans that are listening. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But emotionally, if I could have flipped a switch and just turned adult physiology on at 19 when I kind of got who I was as a human being, yes, I absolutely would have done it, but... Uh, would I have been... It doesn't matter unless you go through the experience to do it. Yeah, in, unless you went through... How, how much of that is the... um, Like, not taking gender into account, but just the growing as a human as your body changes. Um, The being uncomfortable as you're around people and that sort of thing. How much? How much of that is there? Like as growing up, nothing if you didn't learn it. Yeah, right? if so, someone can tell you stuff all day long, but until you until you have your experience with it, you it doesn't have the same impact on you. Yeah, it, like my go to is it is the standing up in algebra class, but everyone has that sort of <laughs> that sort Johnny, of experience. How was your algebra class? Oh my, really uncomfortable, guys. Oh. Really uncomfortable. Sweatpants, sweatpants, sweatpants. You flip that up your waistband. Oh, <laughs> it got weird, guys. But also, like, hey, that means we all went through that experience. Yeah, right? we all that had that all, thirteen like, to fifteen year old Courtney. experience. I didn't. Courtney didn't. I'm sure she had her own experience. But it's just like that's right. That's a thing that you can understand from a human perspective. Like, oh, that was a shitty time where things didn't really make sense. I mean, that's I think that that's that that puberty are. period of like being a teenager and trying to figure out who you are as your body is changing physically and hormonally having your hormones take over yeah the Vulcans seem a little bit more developed when they're going through this though right they do it every seven years through adulthood except for the fact that i I don't recall it also feels like they start when they're like 22 (laughs) i have not killed any of my friends from junior high so some some of us have good job yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> Let's. No one addressed that. <laughs> oh yeah. We well, I mean, like, kind of on that same point. I mean, a big joke we just had Thanksgiving. A big joke was, uh, you know, since sane people are are, are not traveling long distances because of that thing called coronavirus that's been going around. Um, like one big joke is, oh, you know, everybody is so upset that they don't have the Thanksgiving Eve uh, trip to the bar where they see all the people they didn't really like in high school. Wasted Wednesday. Yeah, yeah and I mean, uh, it, it, yeah, and how many how many people didn't die in DUIs on the way home? So there's there's pluses and minuses to many things. It is interesting as it relates to to Ponfar the idea that this thing. Like, like Vorik is supposed to be very young going through it, but, um, I mean, we don't really have too many, I mean, I, I can't I, off the top of my head remember why, like, it, it always tricked me as very odd that Tuvok is, is in his, is, is so old, but I, I, part of me wonders if that's just because they wanted to get him into the George Takei episode early on. I, I don't remember. Black don't crack, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> Johnny, I appreciate you letting me have that joke. Well, why is he just a lieutenant? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what's he been doing his whole uh, life? I don't want to get into the intricacies of the racism in the Federation and what it means to be a Vulcan and black in the Federation. Just 
You can at me. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Is, is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Is the pond far good medicine to to borrow a, you know, you say uh, your podcast, uh, bad medicine podcast is, is the pond far, is it? Is it consistent across the episodes that we've we've had it? I think Johnny can ask this question better. Um, a mock time builds itself as one one hundred percent Vulcan medically accurate. Um, you know, actually, that's a really. I think we talked about this during Midsummer, which you should probably watch <laughs> if you haven't watched it yet. But it's it is like. It's not good or bad medicine. It's their cultural practice. And so you have to respect cultural practice when you're doing medicine. You have to. Otherwise, you're not addressing that being as a being. To <laughs> to you're not recognizing their worth as a person by horrible. ignoring their culture. Right. Exactly. I mean, that matters. You can't like if if someone's culture doesn't allow them to take a particular medicine, then you can't just be like, well, this is the medicine you have to take. You have to work within those bounds. I don't think it's good medicine or bad medicine. I think the thing that's crummy is the fact that none of the physicians are able to really connect with people. Eh, you know what? The hologram was a good idea. But for the most part, <coughs> the cultural hangups really go against where their current um, where they currently lay, lay in society, and that happens every day. That happens, I mean... And I think it's also a disservice for these doctors who work with various like races and species to not have basic knowledge about certain mm-hmm. things about their their crewmates. The holographic and doctor shouldn't be the first one to bring up the idea of using a hologram to so get through so this he's a holographic period. Pimp. What you're trying saying to is understand it. He he thinks about holograms more than the average doctor. <laughs> 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 it's like how can I ho- solve this with hologram sex? Ah, mm. here we go. <laughs> well, there's a whole episode dedicated to the program. doctor's holographic family that kind of tragically die at the end. Of yeah, I, I I would I want to do a high everybody episode about grief and that like episode oh, of Star I'm Trek. Totally down for that. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. I don't want to be there for it. I just want it to exist. <laughs> 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 Too late. You've already put that idea. Uh. <laughs> I'm talking about how Star Trek reflects kind of so human society. I think Ponfar expanded as it kind of went through the series as, you know, starting at Spock and this is something that Vulcan males go through and they must come back and take a wife to, you know, moving through to Voyager and where it affects females and there's more to just taking a wife and... <laughs> Like is it also, you can bone it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's other ways to handle this. Yeah, I, I, that's that's an excellent. I mean, that's a really good point. Is that you see? I mean, part of what Star Trek does is really ref, it tries to. It really tries to be progressive, but it also is progressive in the lens of its time, mm-hmm. where you know these two friends are fighting over something, a, and also like they figured out a way to beat the system. Right? It's not like they didn't fight over. They they just they, they just out logic it. it right yeah and so then as as ideas progress you see how Star Trek is still trying to be progressive about it but all eh, it's still weird <laughs> it still doesn't it still doesn't quite address the main issue which is just like sexuality is 
weird and messed up. And because we have a difficult time talking about it, it makes it more weird and messed up. I think it's also weird in Enterprise how how um, T'Pol is totally locked in the room with uh, flocks of all people, really the the least attractive of the Enterprise crew. Oh no, but Flox is also totally it. down for whatever, unlike <laughs> anyone else in Star Trek. That's true. Like he he's the one. Like if if it had been Flox and Belana on the planet, it would have been an entirely different ap- episode, and we couldn't have watched <laughs> half of it because it couldn't have been aired on like public television. That's Star Trek After Dark. Yeah, exactly. That would have <laughs> uh, it would have shut down UPN years before the WB. They needed to merge. Uh. <laughs> have Have we discussed whether or not in normal non either mind meld or um, whatever the parasite was circumstances are women subject to the Ponfar? I yeah yes. I think they huh? well. I, I think they kind of can be, and yet I there's there's an episode that that kind of hinted at that in somewhere. I want I, I want to like to Paul gets it. <laughs> there's a lot of episodes out there. Well, I I think I want to say it was like when it was talked about later in um season three of the original series when I was looking up they they mentioned something about that. okay and well we don't we don't. The the only the only instance where we have a female Vulcan who's a major character is T'Pol, and the only time she undergoes right. Ponfar is um because of a uh, it's it's triggered by a bacterial uh, spore or whatever. Okay, it, it's it's also possible that uh, T'Pol's Ponfar was on the was was going to be in Enterprise's season five, and that was just taken from us. We don't we don't we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, because Enterprise stopped started being good and. In season three, yeah, it uh, to th- and then it got canceled. Yeah, did the theme song ever get good? <laughs> uh, it got better, and then the last two episodes or last three episodes, uh, they were symphonic, so that that's was nice. What the, that's what they should have been to start with. That not, was not soft rock. That was actually a, no. It was a question that came up when I was watching too, where he, when he did transfer it to Bellana, Tuvok said something about you kind of had a partial mating. So do Vulcans typically transfer their Ponfar to their mate at home every seven years? This oh, totally doesn't that, happen to me during Ponfar. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> never happened before. I swear. That makes me really uncomfortable. Well, especially when, especially when you're dealing with the fact that some Vulcan, I mean, some Vulcans don't mate with other Vulcans, and like, yeah, if if you have a human wife and you're you know, in your your you're in your nineties, going undergoing Ponfar and yeah, you're Sarek. Yeah, that's like it 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 it. I mean, what 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 is he supposed to do in that kind of instance? Well, Sarek is basically the Hugh Hefner of Vulcan, and he's just like how many different human wives has he had, like that he married in their thirties and his hundred twenties and hundred sixties. Right, and and there there's a Voyager episode where it's mentioned that um, Tuvok's son has undergone the the Ponfar. We 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 don't really have any evidence that there's like that that Vulcans are are continuing to mate when their children are fully grown, and they would have instances where their grandchildren and their 
children's children would, would essentially be the same age, which if, if we take Ponfar at face value, that, that would obviously have to happen, like not that irregularly. Yeah. Unless they're just wearing condoms during the Ponfar. Or you've got creepy Uncle Sarek showing up at, at, at Christmas with, you know, 24-year-old T'Pol. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a, it's a way for us to address sexuality in a way that seems very binary. Like, it's on or you know, like it's off until you reach Ponfar and then it's on. But that, like, that's not what it is, right? Like, that's, that's not how anyone is. Um, and so it makes it, like really hard to compare that to how things actually are i'm kind of disappointed that we haven't had a octavia butler style exploration of vulcan sexuality of what does this really mean to their culture and i it's not something i've thought about until talking about it for an hour on this podcast but i think that it's something that would be freaking fascinating Oh, I don't know who that is, so I can't. I thought you were talking about Octavia Spencer. I'm like, uh, maybe from Hidden Figures. Uh, no, Octavia Octavia Butler did a. Uh, she was a '90s or 2000s uh, sci-fi writer, um, where she wrote a trilogy about essentially humanity being in, uh, introduced to a species that mated by um introducing other species to themselves and having a third gender that would kind of be the uh blend between everyone and i've not thought about that kind of attitude towards vulcans until until now sounds that actually sounds really interesting oh it's great never i've never heard of her so i will uh share my uh kindle library once we get done somebody matters (laughs) <laughs> that is interesting um i had a i had another um as, as we as we start to wrap up do you think and i this isn't a show for medical advice but if we do have any <laughs> transgender vulcans listening i want to be able i want i want i want I want, <laughs> I want them to feel heard and we hear you and if we were recording uh well even if we were doing a, a video stream we wouldn't be able to see you anyway but we proverbially see you um would it be better for them to um, initiate Ponfar by elevating their own uh, testosterone production <laughs> or finding Vorik uh, in his parents' basement playing uh, Fortnite or whatever and get him to do a game? I have an image of my head of, of Vorik never getting out of Ponfar. I just feel like Vorik would, in actuality, have a much longer back of his bowl cut. <laughs> oh Vorik. Oh I I <laughs> poor poor Vorik. Poor Vorik. I had a soft spot a little bit for him and then we've spent I've watched Blood Fever twice in like the past two weeks and I I kinda hate the guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Vulcans are tough to like. I gotta yeah. they it's like, oh yeah, you really approach that logically, you piece of crap. <laughs> can't you just see that other people see things slightly differently come on well there's just such great sexual tension between uh the thruple of kirk mccoy and spock and kind of mccoy and spock are always kind of intellectually vying at each other i and i I love spock and i think (laughs) i can't i am now going to watch tos with a 
a different perspective. That I has never, nothing to do I've with Ponfar. That, <laughs> that has nothing to do with Ponfar and everything to do with Leonard Nimoy being just that hot. He is. I mean, I, I think I think DeForest Kelly is a very attractive. I have tweeted about this in the past. I struggle. I have an own internal struggle with the fact that I know that William Shatner is an asshole, and yet I do find him very attractive. It's it's tough, and I know that it's a fake masculinity, but I, and I know I shouldn't fall for it, but I I do. First I've been watching more on TV, Kirk and Ahura. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. he's got my vote. I. I've been watching more original series since since we started talking about this episode, and I found him to be a better actor than I thought, too. Mm, it's just a bad show is the problem. <laughs> like, no, it's just an old show. Right. I mean, that's, that let me not get death threats to my house. It's just an old show where the the thing that makes it great is how much it has inspired other things. But man, it's tough to watch. <laughs> like I could, I watch it and I can enjoy it. Ah, oh, but it's tough to watch. It's a product of its time. Yes, it's a product of its time, and times have changed. Thank freaking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the question of, like, would what's the option for? For yeah. I'm sorry, it was the question: What's the option for Vorik, or what's the option for? Someone your, else your, Vulcan. your abstract transgender, ma- transmasculine. We might have a non-binary uh, a Vulcan who's who's also. Good. What I'd what I would say to any Vulcans listening is, <laughs> live long and prosper. Right? That's the right thing yeah. to say. Well, they may need the they need the muscle. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson said, "May the force be with." No. They need the muscle strength to uh, to do the the salute with the fingers. I was doing it right now, but nobody can see me. But I'm making the little uh, the Vulcan V thing. I mean, the what's fascinating about the Ponfar, like, I mean, in terms of whether the original Star Trek is is good or bad TV, I think it, there are basically no TV shows from the '60s that are remotely watchable. Really? Yeah. Oh, very true. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. very true. And 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 so I. Oh, good. It's amazing the influence that it's had and that it has survived. And I, I mean, also, I can still watch it. It's, you know, it's it's a product of its time, which is an important thing to uh, to recognize. And it's great that we've we have moved beyond it. Yep. And Amok Time is an episode that was was really kind of a mandate by the network too. So Spock was the breakout character, which of course. Still probably pisses William Shatner is probably at his his home in SoCal pissed off still about that. Um, this this episode basically exists because they're like we need to think of a great Spock story. We've, we're getting all these letters. We know all the women are really attracted to Spock. Oh, let's let's have him get into a mating battle on on Vulcan, and we'll have those idiotic. Uh, I mean, what were those weapons that they were fighting with? It was just they invented American Gladiators before American (laughs) Gladiators was a thing. Oh, man, if that inspired American Gladiators joust, I would lose it. Yeah. It might. (laughs) (laughs) That would make me very happy. I just think, like, I mean, we we know that, I mean, we see it a lot. It was like when Enterprise did the Gorn episode, the the Mm -hmm. stupid lizard people. Um, Like, I, I feel like a lot of later Trek Whenever they kind of dipped into the past to to deal with episodes from the original series, um, you know, it, if the writers in the '60s were were realizing that that fifty plus years later we would still be dealing with this stuff, I think maybe they would have put some more thought into it. I mean, maybe not. Yeah, they would have kept notes. 
Yeah, so, I mean, the, the the fact that Amok Time, which is, I mean, quite frankly, a pretty silly episode, um, that they were, I mean, I feel the same way about how they were able to, um, they took Khan, who was really one of the better villains of the series, and they were able to make him into a cinematic villain that was just really, mm-hmm. really still, somebody on, they're on YouTube, they did a modern trailer of Star Trek Wrath of Khan, which is incredible, and that, that movie is still, like, really spectacular. Um, just the fact they were able to do this, that, that creates something as, as, ridiculous as the Ponfar, which really is not talked to i mean we're talking hundreds and hundreds of episodes of star trek and we're really dealing with like four 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 and a quarter really of worth of worth of Ponfar and all of that well there's like the reason that there's only four and a quarter episodes dealing with it is because they established a canon re- reason not to talk about it right so the like, first rule of Ponfar. Yeah, the uh, the first rule of Ponfar is you don't talk about Ponfar. Um, I think that I'm really interested to know the answer to your question and to know, you know, if someone is a transgender Vulcan, are they dealing with it or are they not? Is it really a physiological response or is it a uh vulcan men are raised weird even and they know that they have to go through this through for every through every seven years go through this every seven years and um also they have a great psychological control over their hormones so i i think this is what i go through this is what i go through i i think that the the thing that makes great sci-fi stuff great is that it leaves room for interpretation. And that is why you have the, I mean, you have what four episodes out of hundreds of episodes and you can still have a debate about it because no one sat down and said, well, the Ponfar means this and their hormones are this. And that means this. And like that, that's no fun that there's no room for um, bringing your own experiences to it as a human being. And so in these episodes, although they're a little bit silly and uh, I, I mean, that's not even, that's not right. They're not silly. That's it. I mean, they're Star Trek episodes, whatever. But they're a little it, silly. it allows space yeah. for you to bring. I mean, it, that episode means something different today than it did when it aired before, because our thought process has changed. Our way of interpreting things have changed, and that's really. Imp- I mean, that's what makes good sci-fi good is that it doesn't lock things down. Like Star Trek certainly has predicted lots of <laughs> lots of potential things. You got your tricorder and cell phones and blah blah. But like, also they just allowed ideas to flow and i think that's maybe more important than the what does this mean for vulcans because it's going to mean something different for vulcans the next it, in discovery when they do an episode about Ponfar, because they probably will because they're they've done too much time travel stuff and i'm tired of it <laughs> <laughs> have you watched season three yet because it gets great <sighs> i mean and I, I, uh, time travel really it, it's like an unre- uh, unreliable narrator completely like drugs i am <laughs> two or three episodes behind I, I was on track and then um i had to cover a film festival and i was basically i was also really on the pursuit for uh i lost a week due to trying to find a ps5 which hopefully uh did you say doo doo? <laughs> <laughs> i win again i think um uh. i i think though like to to go back to what you were saying i mean I think a lot about, I mean, part of the problem of, of being like a longtime TV fan is a lot of, uh, you know, if you're an LGBTQ person to 
uh, a lot of it really tackles. I mean, w- uh, one of our episodes uh, upcoming is we're bringing the former head of LGBTQ outreach for Harvard Med on to talk about a early transgender St. Elsewhere episode. And it's kind of depressing when you think about how in like 1982, they did a trans episode that, that is basically that, that shows in the early, I mean, not even early, like, like five years ago, we're basically still on that level and they're like 30 years apart and they're still engaging with that. But when I think about Star Trek, which offers so many different kind of options for interpretation and stuff, I don't think Vulcans would be that transphobic. I think if you like did a mind meld and stuff, you would see like a lot of modern transphobia is based on the idea that trans people are, are, are deceiving that they're, that they're, that it's, it's a treacherous act uh, designed to like get some kind of material advantage. And I mean, that's, you mean when you were mind melding a, like a <laughs> cishet person, um, a, 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 a cishet person. Now that would be their, their attitude would be that it was deceptive, right? Well, that, 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 that if I was able to mind meld with, with somebody, they would, they would understand that. And, and it, there's, there's decades of even going back to like Germany in the thirties, that the, they had a great uh, sex uh, mm-hmm. researching that was destroyed by the by the Nazis, but yeah, um, like there's a there's a transgender studies is marked by like a lot of consistency of of this for, and I mean that's really what what medicine uh, medicine tries to find like uh, consistency. You don't just prescribe things because one person thought it was good. You know, you try and try strive uh, again and again, and I think the science really backs uh, trans people really well. And I think the Vulcans would be able to say, like, look, you know, the the transgender bathroom predator, like this, this, this doesn't make any sense. This is bullshit and that kind of stuff. I I think if you're living in a society where like someone next to you has a rock for a head and somebody else has like a lizard head, like at that point, you're the prejudices you have don't make any sense. And so it's very it's a very different society. Um, I. Yeah, I, I think the Vulcans wouldn't care. I, I think the humans at that time don't, wouldn't care either. I, it's just a matter of it's a matter of time and acceptance. I think that's one of the great things about Star Trek is they overall had an optimistic view of the future, and I think that's why it's held up better than other shows from the '60s. You know, and it's gone as far as it has. Yeah, I agree, and uh, I think I mean, do, do are there any other aspects of the bonfire that we want to cover? Or do you think we uh, covered the spread pretty well? I mean, I can talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sound of my voice that I like more than anything else. I guess did we did we miss anything? Would be the the bigger question. No, I thought it was interesting. Bolana seemed to have kind of a more emotional response to it, and that was just the Klingon aspect of her trying to deal with the imbalance. That's interesting, and she herself is is half Klingon. So I mean, we we have we have a lot of different cases of the Ponfar affecting people who are you know Spock is half human, Bolana is is half Klingon. Um, I, I mean, for, if you were a medical researcher looking at all these episodes, you'd probably be a little frustrated by uh, like like how many different vari- I variables. I think you'd be there. excited. You'd be like, oh, there's overlap between Klingons and Vulcans. Like, what is it, it? Like, we've never <laughs> thought about that. How does before. it affect this person? Yeah, because yeah. that's a. I mean, that's a very like a a bacterial thing started a pro a biologic process in an organism and then they transferred that process to someone else like okay we got <laughs> we got some stuff to study yeah i i feel like one of my all-time favorite moments in the original series is uh 
Spock's gigantic smile when he finds out that he didn't kill Kirk. And yeah. how much of that is... Yes. Like, well, I was trying to kill him. Yeah, how much of that is Ponfar hangover versus, um, versus him actually letting go... It, Ian and I talked about this on Twitter. My mindset is that logic is Vulcan's religion and not um, something that's wired in. Um, How much of it is is like that big freaking smile, just the fact that he's uh, overwhelmed his own, not biological programming, but internal psychological programming of I must be this perfect Vulcan because I'm only half Vulcan. I agree completely. The relief was enough that the human part came through and the big smile. And I mean, so a lot of the best parts, uh, really all of Spock's best parts are, are when he's showing his human side and you're seeing mm-hmm. this guy, you know, you can cry just even thinking about him saying that, I mean, he just says Kirk's his friend and just the water works. Yeah. I, I cry very easily now after transitioning, but that just, I can cry even just thinking of it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it's what you signed up for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a joke I would make to your face. I'm. Fa- oh, that's not an appropriate joke. You should cut that out. <laughs> no, no. I'm unhappy with what I said. <laughs> I opened. I opened that door there. It's um. I mean, it's just like it, it, I often like bring a trans perspective to a lot of this stuff just naturally, but also because I mean, I always I. I contributed a, a, a chapter to a, a Star Trek Voyager academic book on the doctor and a lot of it was just like thinking about uh, the doctor and and the the sort of like stuff like author author and like the big questions like one of the big things I was thinking about was uh, uh, recently a, a Japanese AI program was uh, submitted to compete in a um, literary contest like that happened like two years ago CNN was re- reporting on it uh, it didn't win, but like I'm thinking, like Mark Zuckerberg has his Morgan Freeman AI bot. What if that AI bot becomes sentient and wants to start doing voiceover work as Morgan Freeman's voice? Like, where do the rights kind of come into that? Or just to be president? Because mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> he would make a good president. He has before. Yeah, several times. <laughs> Decent pact. So I mean, like with all of that in mind, the um. You know, Ponfar is just like a. I mean, it it's it's fascinating about how like it's one of those aspects of Trek that that casual people would know. Um, I was trying to mm-hmm. s- describe it in the comic book store last week, and like um, as soon as I said, oh, like it's a sexual ritual, it's not a character, and they're like, oh, that's that's the weirdest thing ever, and people probably think I'm a like sexual deviant for talking about Ponfar in the middle of a, a public, but um. It, it it's just kind of one of those fascinating things that you just like think about and I I, I think I think the definitive answer to like could a transgender Vulcan undergo the Ponfar? I think it has to be yes. There's a different several different mm-hmm. mechanics to which they could actually achieve that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Same. So I think on that note, uh, <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, we did it. Yeah, we got to it. Mission, mission accomplished. Uh, you yep. know, we can. I, I really appreciate that um, you had us on for discussion. This was something that I probably would not have talked about otherwise. Yeah. So this was fun. Well, I, I really have to thank Johnny. I had um, at one point some some uh, in one of the pitches that somebody had said, you know, this person can come on and talk. They they asked like some. The Ohio State medical team, there was a mass email that was sent, and there was one Trek fan but didn't want to come on. It was hard to, like, find people who 
met the category of being able to talk about medicine and then also Star Trek. And um, we got nowhere without Johnny. So, Johnny, I really have to thank you a lot for... Uh, I'm really happy to have been a part of it at all. So, thank you. Well, this has been uh, just so great. And uh, I, you know, if you enjoyed this episode... TV lovers, uh, hi everybody! Bad, a bad medicine podcast, uh, and it, it's it's a great it's a great show because I mean you guys you you cover episodes so I mean if if you're familiar with the material like it's great to dive in like whether uh, Tums can <laughs> induce a coma that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, we were fortunate to have uh, not uh, we had three medical doctors here to talk about that. I mean, I, I am, I am so thrilled that we got to do this episode and uh, thank you so much, everybody. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, to Thanks. our listeners, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>